0: welcome to the hot lava podcast Kevin ACI I actually am in the bowels of Petco Park walking uh, toward the press box in my wonderful view at my other office by the way Jay Jay Posner sports editor of the Union Tribune I can see as, as you know your office from my office
1: that's right there are there are places in Petco <laughs> Park where you can see the beautiful Union Tribune building across downtown uh, there Part of are the also skyline. places where you can't because you're blocked by other... <laughs> tall buildings in this burgeoning city in which we live, where it's another beautiful day today, uh, for a ball game, uh, as they used to say.
0: Padres, Giants, there are full, wait a minute, there are, how many are there, Jay? Are I, there really only six? Holy smokes, I did so much math on this yesterday, I know, there are only six home games left. Six home uh,
1: games, six road games, we're down to the final nope. dozen of the season.
0: The, the dirty dozen. That's 30 what they dozen. call it, uh, Padres, Padres, still Giants, need to win. Padres
1: still need to win three to avoid the 100 losses, right? 60 and 90? Does that sound right?
0: Yes. I think I think they can do it, but we, we don't ever know this season. We don't know what it uh, holds, uh, holds for us. I was thinking that you were uh, saying they need to... Uh, they need to win three to avoid their worst home losing percentage since the strike shortened season of 1981. am I correct?
1: I, that sounds right you, you wrote on that okay. uh, last night and it's I mean, we had talked about it before I mean it's it's amazing yeah. how how poorly they've they've played here but they, they might have found an antidote because I was looking up the Giants numbers the Giants are 70 <laughs> 70 and 80 overall which of course puts them 10 games ahead of the Padres just about to clinch fourth place uh, that could happen. Here this week, but the Giants as the Padres are twenty six and forty six at Petco when you take away those uh, three quote home games in Monterey, twenty six and forty six at Petco. The Giants are twenty nine and forty six on the road, so it's quite the uh, quite the battle here.
0: Oh. Fourth and fifth place, Holman Road. Oh my gosh, uh, Jay. One of uh, one of San Diego's favorite uh, people comes to town with the Giants all the time now because he used to work here and he still lives here. And that would be Giants manager Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy has won three World Series rings. Bruce Bochy. Those were all with the Giants, none with the, with the Padres. In case anybody didn't know, um, uh, Bruce Bochy uh, reportedly will return, even though there will be a, a shakeup in baseball operations for uh, the Giants. Jay, I, I often see among uh, tweets about umpires uh, and and, uh, and ratings. I often see uh, your tweets about managers, Jay. I know you like Bruce Bochy. I know you respect Bruce Bochy, but what do you think about Bruce Bochy basically having tenure with the
1: Giants? Well, I, th- I think he's I think he's earned that. I mean, I think he's he's been go. around twenty four uh, you know twenty four seasons in the big leagues. Um, <laughs> Three World Series titles, six division titles. He's been to the postseason eight times. The the, the, the he's I, I I always enjoyed dealing with Bruce when when he was the manager uh, of the Padres and I would and I would do Padres uh, always you know easy to talk to and enjoyed some of uh, you know I, I don't know him like Tom Krasovic or, or those type of type of guys but I do know Boach and 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 like him the only. Um, the only thing i've ever used i ever said is that to me boch is also an example of uh, the limited influence that managers can have they could have I big, love it. because this is boch's 24th season he's about to have his 12th losing season his career record and this is this is pretty amazing if he's 19 1923 wins 1935 Losses. He's actually under 500 in the regular season. If you throw in the playoffs, 44 and 33 in the postseason. His record going into tonight's game: 1,967 wins, 1,968 losses. And I think everyone will agree. Anybody who knows anything about baseball will say Bruce Bochy is a Hall of Fame manager. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame with three World Series titles. But what I've always said is. He is a Hall of Fame manager. He he obviously doesn't forget how to manage to quote our friend Nick Canepa in the years when when his team stink. <laughs> so, it's still how much influence does a manager have when a guy like Bochi who's going to be in the Hall of Fame has a career record under 500. You know, it's Bill sure. Belichick it, it's and I I almost said Bill Belichick doesn't, but it comes Bill Belichick's also had Tom Brady. But, you know, Bochi won World Series in part because of Tremendous moves that he made, but the moves that he make also rely on people, players carrying out those moves. He put Madison Bumgarner out there. Madison Bumgarner pitched probably better than anybody's ever, maybe ever pitched in the postseason. Was that because Bruce Bochy was his manager? It's just it's hard for me to make that connection. I just think managers like like in so many other areas of sports, they get too much credit. When a team wins, too much blame when the team loses. It's easy to say we should change the manager. You know, Padre fans, when Boach was here and wasn't winning playoff series, it was like, we should get rid of him. Now it's like, hey, why did we ever get rid of that guy? Um, I, so that's my, that's my mini rant for the day that you set me up on. What are, what are your thoughts? It. You've been around a team an entire year that's, you know, that's 60 and 90, has a manager that a lot of fans don't think knows what he's doing, uh, I know you don't share that opinion, but what what are your thoughts about what a baseball manager, you know, can do, should do, does do during the course of, you know, basically an eight month season when you start when you figure we started this thing in February?
0: Gosh, the most I can give a manager is a half a dozen games, and I'm probably giving him too much. Don't you think? I think I mean, that's probably about.
1: What... I think I'm sorry. I think that's probably about what I've seen. Some people say is that you okay. know maybe it makes a difference of four, six, eight games a year or something like that
0: and here's why I say it is and it's why I wouldn't even go higher than that is is um there have been I don't know 10 12 times in in the season where either as it was happening or as I went over it you know later that night or or the next uh day I was like well gosh Andy could have done this and then it occurs to me well even if he had the player had to execute, right? Be it the pitcher, be it the pinch hitter, be it the steal, what you know, whatever. Um, and then I think, and there's things we don't know about player health, about uh, player mentality, about you know, about why and who Andy was saving or whatever. So it's like if I can only come up with twelve, well, mm-hmm. okay. So you think that if someone smarter than me could come up with twenty, <laughs> but. Then there's a whole bunch of times, and Jay and you and I have talked about this where we don't know every factor that's going on. I just I can't give a manager more than six games. That's also based on my talking with players. And that's players who are ambivalent about Andy, because a lot of players are. That's not a negative. Mm -hmm. Um that's player and I'm only gonna give ambivalent. I'm not gonna say there's players that are negative. I haven't come across anybody who's overtly negative, but uh players who are ambivalent and players who love him. Right. And they say, uh we're kind of the ones that
1: are out there. <laughs> I think I think there's a culture. You know, I think managers can create a you know create a culture uh-huh. that sort of thing. But you know, and as it, far as trying to credit a manager or a co- or even a coach and everything for player improvement or not improvement, I'm just not sure yeah. at this level how much of that can happen. I mean, I, I'm not saying that these guys would do just as well with no coaching, because of course that's not the case. But right. is is the coaching that much different? say here or in in San Francisco with you know Bochi staff or in LA with with Dave Roberts staff or whatever I mean it still comes down to you know having having good players having healthy players and and sort of you know not doing things to me it's almost more not doing things to cost yourself games and we've talked about this Andy's in a little bit of a different situation here because there are nights where he manages differently um you know, uh-huh. I, I thought Saturday, I was at Saturday night's game and I was surprised to see Eric Lauer, you know, come out at the point that he did. Now, you know, Andy Green said after the game he had a reason for that. It was he wanted to get his bullpen some work. So, okay, I get that. If you're trying, if you're in a must win situation, uh, which we know the Padres certainly are not in right now. Maybe Eric Lauer stays in, and and the Padres end up holding on to that game. I I don't know, but uh, right. he he had a reason for it, and and wins and losses are not the biggest thing for this team at this point.
0: And just 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 like what you said, there's other points where you would maybe take a pitcher out, but he leaves them in because he wants to see that pitcher grow. When the best thing to do with a refresh bullpen on that night might be to go to the pen in the sixth inning or something. So yes, that's up. And the funny other thing is, is, you know, sometimes because I do know what Andy looks at and I, it is my job sort of, um, I will notice some things, maybe the pitcher's velocity, maybe the pitcher's location. Whereas I do think that oftentimes if we're not paying attention, uh, be that a fan media, who, whoever, I mean, maybe even a player, um, we're not paying attention to all the situations the manager is and his coaches are, and they're monitoring every single thing. So anyway, we've made an argument for how uh, sort of unimportant or like how their, their role is overblown. I do think that a coaching staff and a manager do set a culture. And I think that this one is doing a, a, a fairly good job on that. Again, I don't know how many wins to assign that. Certainly not this year. I don't know how many, but in the future, I don't know. I will tell you this. I love Joe Madden uh, in terms of what he's done. Joe Madden's course will run out in Chicago because players get tired of the same old shtick.
1: Right. So it's right.
0: like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Even the, the guy who is revered above all uh, will will fall by the wayside as a manager. Players are the ones that play the game.
1: And right, and that's the thing. And I I, I don't think I think when you were talking about whether it's unimportant or overblown, I think I probably would pick overblown. In overblown. that case, because right. I, I don't want to, I don't want anybody yeah. to think that you know I'm saying or that we're saying that it's yeah. unimportant. I I do think overblown is probably a better word, and know. that and that's the case. I mean, look, Bud Black was 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 pilloried here by many people. The same people who were probably pilloring Andy Green and p- pilloried Bruce Bochy before him. But you know, Bud Black in in Colorado now, he went to the playoffs <laughs> last year. He's he enters the series tonight in Los Angeles in first place, a half a game uh, ahead of the uh, of the Dodgers. And clearly, whatever the problem, Bud Black knows what he's doing, because if it's if it's a case where he couldn't win, well, he is winning. He couldn't win here because he had crummy players. And there you go. And that's, and that's the bottom line. And, you know, he couldn't win that we've talked before, the tiebreaker game where he had his Cy Young winner starting and his Hall of Fame closer. And, you know, there were reasons why neither one of them came through that night, but they didn't. And, you know, the Rockies and the Rockies won that game and, and went to the postseason. So it's just, you know, I, I think it could go on and on, but I, I, I do think that it's, it's overblown and it's, it's shown up again with the idea that, that that Bud's had two good seasons in a row in Colorado when it, when he's had players that are very good and pitchers, you know, that maybe weren't considered great, but he's he's done a good job with them along with his his coaching. And I think the same thing was true here with Darren Balsley. I mean I think it's hard for me to believe that Andy Green makes a lot of moves with that pitching staff without <laughs> Darren Balsley without talking to Darren Balsley and taking and taking Balsley's advice on a lot of uh, on a lot of different things.
0: I am absolutely, along with all the stuff we've talked about of their development and finding out who can do what Um you notice Trey enters coming in and, and, uh, more situations, uh, different varied leverage situations, so uh, Jose Castillo has been for a while where they weren't before, and, and I might have said, dang it, why is, and I did actually dang it, Andy, why is Jose Castillo not in this situation, mm-hmm. and it's explained to me in a detailed way, and I get, okay but now, and, and you know what Andy said at the time I'm not afraid, and he'll earn his way there, and guess what he has, so one more Thing and he walked past me just a few minutes ago. Uh, the big home run yesterday, grand slam, Jose Mejia, or Francisco,
1: Francisco. Mejia.
0: Um, we have a catcher situation here, and it's a, it's a it's what uh, I, I like to call, in my wisdom, a good team problem.
1: I would agree with that.
0: I would agree with Austin that. Edges, I, I
1: it agree with that. To hit. He does, and 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 I thought you know I watched Mejia the other night. Uh, I was there on on Friday night when he caught, and thought he made a couple good throws. Uh, down to second base. I think once the guy was out, once he might have been safe. But he he looked like he had a you know looked like he had a strong arm and, and all Heck that of an stuff. Arm. And um, you know I think better than he,
0: Hedges, not as good a receiver or a transfer as Hedges, but a better arm.
1: Right. So you know and and obviously he's 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 hitting. He had the couple homers in Cincinnati. I mean the big the big home run yesterday. Um and and I just I I don't see a problem keeping both those guys. I I think it's a good no. thing. I think. I think in that position, for one thing, guys are you know guys are going to get uh, banged up in that spot, you know where where a guy misses a misses a week with a bruised thumb or a, a bruise on his foot or or wherever a catcher might might get hit in a certain part of the body. Um, so I think you know having a good backup. I mean we've seen it this year with the the season that AJ Ellis had uh, behind Hedges. I don't see anything wrong with Hedges catching 110, 120 games. You know, Mejia catching 50, and then Mejia finds a place as a DH in the AL Park at third base in the outfield. I, I think yep. situations tend to take care of themselves, and and I think this is, this is one of them where I wouldn't be too quick to just say, well, we need to trade one of these guys, because I, no. I think having Here's two good young catchers is a, is a very good thing for a team.
0: Here's the deal. I think you probably have caught on, Jay. I love Austin Hedges. Really? By the amount that I have written about him and the things <laughs> I've written. That said, I think I've done a really good job, and I'm going to tell you this. Francisco Mejia can hit balls that no one else on this team can. He is a fantastic hitter, and I believe, most importantly, since I don't work for the team or make the decisions, I believe the Padres feel that way. I believe Francisco Mejia will be here next year. I happen to believe Austin Hedges will be here, but what is also true is Austin Hedges will be made available in trades. Okay. The Padres feel that the return... Is worth it now. See, that's the thing is, just because you make a guy available, so many more guys are made available than we ever find out about. So just be aware that oh, they're going to put Austin Hedges out there. Well, yeah, they're going to put everybody but Francisco Mejia, uh, Will Myers. Still, they'll probably put Will out, but they probably know the reality there. Um, and and um, Eric Hosmer out there uh-huh. possibly for trade so but it's going to take a lot to get one of these guys they're perfectly happy with having both of these guys on the team next year so both are true made available happy to have them both next year
1: yeah i mean i don't think anybody would i I, there's not a there's not a lot of guys on this team that you would say boy this guy has to be back i mean i i think (laughs) if you can get something you know get a good return but again you're not trying my my point is don't just trade one of these guys because nope. you because you feel like you have to because I don't think nope. you do have to I think I think a, a, a team needs to you know you can never have enough good players these are two good players and if you can't get another really good player back for one of them then hold on to them and again you just don't know what's going to happen and and I, I look forward to seeing both guys uh, next year you know playing playing for the Padres.
0: I would think again. It's just a good team problem. Holy smokes! That starts now. Look, they're a long way from being this team, but I mean, that's like a Cubs problem, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you I find mean, you find spots for guys if guys deserve to be in the lineup, you find places yes. for them to play. I mean, we've talked before about Myers being that kind of guy. I mean, the Cubs do it with Zobris. They've done it with they do it with Chris Bryant. Um, you know, if you've got if, the Padres, should be so lucky to get themselves in a position <laughs> where they have too many good players. That's that's yep. the goal, and I think I think that's where they are with the last thing. That's where they are with their pitching, in, in, especially in the minors. As you look at it, you in go, minors, "Oh my gosh, look at all these look at all these pitchers they have, and all these top prospects, and you know Mackenzie Gore and Chris Paddock and and Morihone and Baez, and the guys who are up here already with Lucasi and Lauer and uh, Patino that. Uh, Is still in the minors. I mean, all these guys—you're like, where they only have a five-man rotation. What are you going to do with all these guys? Things work themselves out, you you know. You you, guys get hurt, guys flame out, guys become fantastic, guys get traded. I mean, there's just so many different possibilities. The idea is accumulate talent, and I think that's what they've tried to do. And that, and at the catching position, that's what they've done. They've accumulated two guys that appear to be good major league players and the idea of just saying well we got to get rid of one of them I I don't I don't buy that at at all
0: no especially when one of them can play other spots no matter what he says about enjoying catcher he's a really good guy that's one thing I've learned and uh you know he'll
1: he'll enjoy being in the lineup more than he'll enjoy just you know just being a catcher so I I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a good situation and uh I I look forward to, uh, like I said, I look forward to seeing those guys.
0: Well, this was fun, Jay. This was fun. Again, we we find stuff to talk about. And every time, and I could go on for another hour because you brought up a lot of points about the prospects and all the things they're going to do. And and I know that we'll get into that as we uh, close in on uh, the end of the season, talking about all that. Uh, But I got to get up and uh, start writing. Uh, Brian Mitchell, start tonight. uh, Very exciting, very exciting. Very exciting. Start number three.
1: That's right. uh, That's right. (laughs) <laughs> Got to. Uh, we'll look, uh, look forward to that. And then I, I can't believe how lucky you are this weekend, Kevin. I just thought of this this morning. You get to be in Los Angeles on the same day, the same weekend as the fight for L.A.
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean,
1: just imagine the buzz, the energy that will be in L.A. this weekend with all those people knowing that the Chargers and Rams will be playing each other at the Coliseum. Do you think,
0: again, not to get too, uh, I don't want to talk about the Chargers. Yeah. Part of my past, Jay, it's the scar that has healed. <laughs> it's calloused. Uh, but but, do you think the NFL has told the referee, if you say San Diego Chargers during this game, you will be fired? <laughs>
1: It kept happening <laughs> yesterday. It was so hilarious. It just every Dan game. Has said, every no, game. That's what you need to do. <laughs> it's so great that it just keeps happening. And then the announcers uh, and Dan Fouts will be in the booth this week for that game <gasps> as well. So it, it only adds oh. to the uh, oh. adds to the fun. But we'll be keeping an eye on the Padre game at the same time. I'm sure. So. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Kevin, uh, have a good right. week, and we will talk to you on Friday from Chavez Ravine.
0: From the aforementioned Chef Ezra All right, right. talk to you later, Jay. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us.